0: Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 28 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes. We're usually here one to two times a week bringing you baseball content to help your fantasy baseball teams. Here with me tonight is Andrew McQuiston, the man who in one league, is one dynasty league, has managed to acquire Trey Turner and Joey Gallo, both in the same day. How you doing, Andrew? Doing good, man. It was a fun day. I'd say. Gallo, you got for me, and we made our deal, and then you got Trey Turner. I mean, you got to be pretty pumped, because the main thing you needed was speed. Like, your biggest need was speed. And when you bring Trey Turner in, that's a difference maker.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, good trades all around. So... Gave up, gave up Bregman and uh, Hamels for Trey and Justin Turner.
0: So yeah. that's exciting. and that was
1: and that was mostly need based. I, I slightly prefer Bregman long term, but um, if you looked at the standings, you would completely understand why I did it. So, yep. And then our trade, right. you, you can tell them what that was. Yeah, you
0: a bunch of your high-end prospects up there and you also had a actually you didn't have your draft pick on the, on the block but and funny enough you even told me privately yesterday that you didn't think you'd be moving that pick as you just thought it'd keep growing in value but I, in my head I'm thinking man I think if I send you this offer I'm considering you might change your mind because I know I know you're a big fan of Gallo and i he's an awesome awesome power guy but uh, I sent you Julio Rodriguez and a first round pick, which very likely is a top two pick. So we're talking likely Adley Rutschman or Andrew Vaughn for um, Joey Gallo. And I guess there was some more stuff we threw in there at the end. But that yeah. was the basics. That was the yeah. main part of the deal. I gave you some fab and got Wade Davis also. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. good times. You're set, you're set You're set up well. And Rotomasters, too, I mean, you never know nothing's for certain, but last I looked, I think you have an eight point lead, let's look and see where you're at at this moment eleven point lead, and you just grabbed Trey Turner, which might get you another four or five points in steals, so pretty good yeah pretty.
1: it was it was tied about three days ago, so I'm not comfortable yet, but yeah, I now, th- think it was a good good day, so eleven with a half of a season left is
0: definitely not uh you're good i mean it's yeah, yeah.
1: It's, a long it's way, really long hard way to, to go. feel like
0: you're done, no matter what, at this point of the year. I mean, yeah. how how big of a lead do you think you'd have to have in a dynasty or redraft league, and you'd be like, okay, I think I've already got this at this point of the year. At
1: this point, uh, yeah, it, I don't even know if they're. I mean, twenty plus easily, yeah, more than that. I was thinking, yeah, 30. it's yeah, it's it's a long it's a long way to go. I think no matter what the what it says right now, I
0: and mean, we yep. got to have
1: to little over half the season left. so
0: You could wake up tomorrow and three guys have all of a sudden gotten injuries and are out for two months. Just, you never know. Yep. Yep. Okay, well, tonight we're talking about the NL West. We're continuing our series, and we're going to finish up the National League today. And there's a lot to talk about in this division. And once again, we're going to try to breeze through this because there's a lot to talk about. And we're going to we're talk about each team in depth, but we need to keep get this moving. So let's get started. You ready, Andrew? I'm ready. Okay, we're going to start off talking about the standings here. And the Dodgers clearly in first place right now, a 54-25 record. And behind them are the Rockies. They've moved into second place at 40-37, 13 games back. The Diamondbacks have just fallen under 500. They're at 39-40, 15 back. The Padres 38-40, 15 and a half games back. And the Giants at the bottom at 33 and 43 and 19 and a half games back. Andrew, the Dodgers felt like the most obvious division winner in baseball going into this year. I think we both said that coming into the season. We aren't even halfway through the season, and they right now we're up 13 games. Here's my question. Over under, let's say, 20 games at the end of the
1: season over second place. man they're so awesome um i think like probably just under if i had to pick but i wouldn't be surprised if it was over 20 games is a lot but here's what i'll say i will take the
0: over for when they clinch whenever that is i'm gonna
1: say i'm gonna take the over to then and then we'll see from there but
0: I, I actually, I think I'd take the over.
1: I just think what do you, there's what so do you, much. What do you mean for when they clinch? I don't. I'm confused. When a team clinches the division, sometimes they they let the. They oh, you're take, saying cut... how early they do it? Yeah, yes. yeah, I get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then I'm then they, they
1: take their foot off the gas or whatever. Exactly.
0: They may finish yeah. real, you know, light. But then again. Their team is so deep, they could put their second string in at every position and probably still win half their games. (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're awesome. They're insane. So as we get to talking about the Dodgers, they're obviously stacked. Major League roster is loaded as they've made the last World Series the last two years in a row. And right now they're the favorites to once again represent the National League in the Fall Classic. Not only is their Major League system stacked, though, but their minor leagues are also stacked. Ever since Andrew Friedman left Tampa to help run the Dodgers front office, they have stockpiled young talent. And while they've moved some of it in trades, I remember they moved, oh, shoot. Now all of a sudden I'm blanking on that guy who they moved to Baltimore for Machado last year. But an L-
1: an there LDS. you go.
0: They've been very careful with, and with who they've given up, and they've kept that system flush deep with prospects and i went and looked up on uh, the james anderson's top 400 prospect list on rotowire and the dodgers the team with the best record in the national league running away with it they have 18 of the top 400 prospects even now
1: yeah it's crazy they're they're deep they're awesome at the top they have a lot of high end talent and yeah they're just so good it
0: just seems like them and the Astros, they are the cream of the crop of organizations in baseball right now. Both those organizations, do you think they're about on par, or do you think one of them's yeah. above the other?
1: Yeah, no, I pretty much agree with that because that,
0: I, and I'll put the Yankees in that same discussion because I think they've really smartened up with how they're run. But I'm not sure they're quite up to that level. But they're still real. They're just a step behind, I would say. Yeah. Okay, let's start talking about players, and we have talked about Cody Bellinger a lot. I really don't have a lot to add here. He's a stud. Do you have anything?
1: No, not really. I think he's probably rest of season, like, top five to seven player. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I can agree with that.
1: He's a stud. Now... Actually, I do have one
0: thought. I did tell you I'd take him over the field in batting average, and his batting average is now 349. I don't know where second place is without looking, but I don't know if I'd take that bet
1: now about Bellinger against the field. I should have just listened to you on that one. Yeah, I've, I've noticed it's been getting closer, but I think he's he's still in the lead. So.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: but we're not even
0: halfway through the season, and it's been <laughs> right. cut in half
1: at least. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I would definitely take that one back if I could. Okay. Thought I'd ask you a question. Rest of season, who is the second best Dodger hitter to own? Options I see, Jock Peterson, Max Muncie, Corey Seager, who's hurt right now, but I don't think he's going to be out too much longer, and Justin Turner. Or, actually, how about you rank those four
1: rest of season? I would have Muncie one, Turner two, Jock three, Seeger four. Man, would have loved to have told you that in March. Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, it's splitting hairs. I don't even know, I'm not even confident with that order. I mean, it's, it's splitting hairs. I'm glad I'm the one. I that think asked I'd these have Seeger I'd have Seager four because he's just banged up, and the other guys aren't. You know, Jock's been really hot, and yeah, Muncie and Turner. I mean, I liked them. I, I I like Turner specifically. I just think Muncy will have a little more power. So, but yeah, it's they're all right there. I mean, I don't have a strong preference. Any order you wanted to put them in, I don't I even love- feel. I don't even feel confident. You could ask me those four tomorrow. I'd probably change the order. It's just, I don't. They're close.
0: I don't even want to answer the question. I'm glad I'm in this position. I don't want to answer it for that same reason. I just, it feels close. It's, it's strange though. That a team that's good and they've got their one superstar and the rest of these guys are all really close to about equal. Yeah. uh, It just shows the depth this organization has once again. Yeah, uh, and I, what I love is also how they're using these guys. They're really d- putting these guys in their best position to succeed. They're not starting Jock Peterson Peterson against lefties. They're not playing Muncie too much. I mean, they might be now with the injuries happening, but I don't even think no think they're playing him still too often against lefties. I know he hit the big one off Bumgarner, so I know at least he's getting some games. But and then. You know, I I just like what they're doing in terms of putting these guys in a good position to succeed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're just so deep, like I said.
0: Okay. Well, we'll move on to pitching here. I didn't have any other hitters to highlight unless you have somebody else you want to talk about major league-wise.
1: No, not really. Okay. Well,
0: rest of the season, rank these three guys. Kershaw, Ryu, or Walker Bueller.
1: Bueller won. Um, I think Ryu and Kershaw are close. I'd probably give the slight edge to Ryu, but I think it's close.
0: Ryu's been awesome. He has been incredible this year. (laughs) Just what the Dodgers needed. Another awesome pitcher on that roster. But I think I'd still take Kershaw.
1: Yeah. That's Again,
0: it's close. Ooh, wow! I we're
1: got a question. Uh-huh. Oh no! Go, no, go ahead. What were you saying?
0: Kershaw hasn't even struck out a batter in an inning this year.
1: Yeah, it's a little under. He's and actually good. he's pitching good though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else looks
1: solid. Question for you.
0: Uh
1: huh. Name the pitchers that you would take over Bueller and Dynasty. Oh man. Or how? Or or I guess I should say how many? How of them many? Are, how many of them are there?
0: There aren't many. I I feel like a lot of the best ones in the league are on their last year or two of elite production. I don't. I feel that way about Sale. I feel that way about Verlander, Kershaw. Which I don't know if Kershaw's even on that level. Taking them ahead of Blake Snell. You know, the only one that gives me pause is, I'm thinking is. And I think I still would take Bueller. He may be number one. He's number one for me. Yeah, I think the only one that's giving me pause is Garrett Cole, and
1: Garrett's not having a great year. And I think, it, yeah. It, see, it, I I think Chris Sale is like yeah. the closest the closest. I remember and, and you on, saying before the honest, year
0: Sale was one.
1: Yeah, honestly, I I wouldn't argue anybody taking Sale. I I wouldn't. No. I just. I was thinking about it the other day when I was reading through these notes and I have Bueller in one Dynasty League and there's no pitcher I'd trade him for. He's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And he's just he's just at that right age too. It's like he's twenty four and he's just on that upward, you know. He's like people could say what they want about the innings, but it's gonna that's gonna get only get better. I mean, I feel like anyways. Obviously anybody can get hurt, but yeah, I think he'd be one for me. I don't think I'd trade him for any pitcher. Garrett Cole's the only
0: one. I think I'd take Garrett Cole over him. The more I'm thinking about it and looking at Garrett Cole, I think he's the one. But I don't blame. i don't yeah, blame anybody fair. who'd have Bueller one. It's fair here. That just shows just how good Bueller is. That's <laughs> the fact that he's
1: right now at about a year in
0: the league. When did he come up last year? I know you own him, so uh, you it
1: was. Well, he first came up the year before. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was 17.
0: And then last
1: year he was up like a month in or something like that. But
0: so we're a unless year, I'm mixing year and a half.
1: unless I'm mixing, I could be mixing my years up. I don't know. They go so fast anymore. <laughs> I can't keep track. But
0: well, I'm loading his page yeah, right, it's right been, now, we're it's gonna been look. A couple years. Yeah, you're right.
1: He threw nine innings.
0: In 2017, and then last year he threw 137, 153 total in the season. And I know anybody, that anybody,
1: looking- anybody who doesn't like that guy or isn't, you know, doesn't or feels like it's too high, watch him pitch. Like seriously, yeah. it's just so electric. I mean, it's like 97, 98, 99 even, and the breaking balls. I mean, it's just, it's just stupid. He's so good. He's in just such a beautiful spot in the NL West on that team. It's yeah. Number one for me. Well, let's move on to Julio Urias. He had the
0: major shoulder injury and came back at the very end of last year. I don't think he actually pitched in the, until the postseason and for the, in the bigs and he stayed healthy this year and has been really good pitching mostly in long relief and the bullpen. How could you feel he can be at this point, Andrew?
1: Uh, rest of season, I don't really know because I don't know how they'll use him. But, yeah, yeah. I, still th- I still think he can be good long-term.
0: Like, what upside do you think he has as a starting pitcher? Now, again, I'm talking dynasty. We're not talking this year. I'm talking
1: down the line. Ace. Yeah. I mean, nope. long-term, yeah. In my I other, could, di- I think he could be an ace. In
0: my other dynasty, he's on a team with a loaded pitching roster. Who could pro- and this guy looks like he could use some bats and I've I've tried sending offers out there for him and I've gotten nowhere in talks. <laughs> yeah, he, he's holding them, and I don't blame him. I mean, the guy has, like you said, ace upside.
1: Yeah, I think it'll really once he gets his full opportunity to just start. You know, they, you know, it's kind of been jerking him around a little bit. I feel like, but that that time should come, and the next year or so, and. Yeah, I expect it to be good when it comes.
0: So, I'm just now looking this up. I forgot to do it beforehand. Rich Hill, he went on the injured list this week, and what are they saying? He's on. Got a forearm strain. I'm looking right now.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think Stripling's starting. Yeah, forearm. And I know you're
0: a fan of Stripling, and so am I. But we're looking at a forearm strain. You never know if that could turn into something worse. They're saying. He's going to be out a little while. So how are you feeling about Stripling in terms of plugging him in there?
1: I mean, I'd have to look at his matchups, but yeah, I'd plug him in. Stripling, yeah. always, he's always been good. It's just a matter of they just have too many pitchers. So, he'd be yeah, a, he's
0: good. He'd be a two on some teams. He'd
1: probably actually
0: know. He'd be an ace on some teams if he was pitching for some, like yeah, the Royals. A few, team,
1: few teams probably, yeah.
0: Yeah and he's like their seventh starter in the Dodgers. Just yeah, stupid. Yeah. So, speaking of depth, now we'll move on to the prospects and Gavin Lux. He keeps moving up the prospect ranks. And he's having another solid season in AA this year. You know, I was able to see him in AA Springfield last year and given he's still there and that their minor league t- team out of Tulsa is in the same division as those Springfield Cardinals, I need to look and see if they play in Springfield again this year. And maybe I'll get to check them out. That is, unless the Dodgers decide to move him up to triple A in the PCL soon. But either way, looking up his stats, thirteen home runs and seven steals with a good
1: control of the strike zone, there's a lot to like here. Yeah, Lux is a stud. He's been he's been so good since the early to mid part of last year. Just seems like he's just consistently performing so it's good to see he's skyrocketed up lists and probably will be up before you know it i have a feeling that he's the guy that winds up shifting seager over to third but you know that's just my own speculation it
0: may be the right move i mean justin turner i don't know how much longer he has with the organization but you would think eventually Turner's contract's going to come up, and then I would imagine, in the next year or two. And that might be the time to do it. Yeah. Well, also on that double-A team are Dustin May and Kybert Ruiz also playing there. And I think it's Tulsa. Man, I really need to go see this team. I just looked it up while you were talking. And I see they're in Springfield for a two-game series, July 2nd and 3rd. I need to try to get in on that and go see if I can catch one or both those nights, especially if May's starting one of them. That'd be a, that'd be two pretty, two nice prospects to see.
1: I feel so like I feel like I have such bad luck catching pitchers. I didn't yeah. tell you I didn't tell you this, but the other day when I went to see uh, Wander Franco, I, I went and saw him again. But I know you know that, but I'm just telling the listeners. But the um, I had mentioned that I was hoping uh, Librator or. Shane uh Shane Boz pitched and they each pitched the two days after I went <laughs> so it was like some random guy <laughs> yeah on Thursday on Thursday and then Lieber Tour pitched Friday and Boz pitched yesterday that just sucks. made just made me laugh I was like geez of course that's that said you got to see some little
0: left-handed pitcher throw in 96 but that's yeah. another conversation <laughs> yeah. for
1: another day yeah
0: what are your thoughts on May and Ruiz though as prospects
1: um, may has been impressive for, I, I saw the other, he had 14 Ks the other night yeah. yesterday, yesterday or the day before. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been good. I'm not crazy about, uh, Kieber Ruiz, but it's mostly just because he's a catcher. And I just, I've got that sour taste in my mouth from like Francisco Mejia and, Alfaro. I mean Alfaro's been okay, but yeah, I just don't know how well those guys translate. It takes him a while and he could be different, but I'm just I'm not totally convinced he is, so I'm not quite as high on him, I guess.
0: I have fears on Ruiz. They're you start the whispers are coming out that maybe he's not gonna defensively be a
1: full time catcher. I've heard that. That's the other part to catching, you know. It just and then it's like where do they fit how do their mm-hmm. how does their bat play at that position you know there's there's a lot of uh moving parts if it's not like a locked in catcher factor in the distance from the majors it's just it it can be a rough transition i feel like agreed i'd rather just let somebody else deal with it i guess the best way i can put it i agree i traded for him about a year ago in a dynasty i moved him
0: this year and you know, if he turns out, does well, great. But I just I didn't feel confident enough to wanna to keep rostering him because it's kinda of almost like prospecting a, or holding a prospect pitcher. You gotta hope that they stick a catcher and perform. Just like a pitcher, yeah. you hope they perform and stay healthy.
1: Yeah. The one thing I will say is if they do come up and they're the cat and they're the catcher, it's not a high offensive bar that they have no. to hit. Like I mentioned, I mentioned being, you know, Alfaro, you know, but he's actually been decent. I mean, and I still feel like overall that he's been a disappointment considering where he was as a prospect, you know, but he's actually been okay. So the bar is just so low at catcher. So they you really don't have to be that great numbers wise. It's just for it all to translate, but feel like everything else can be a little lengthy process you know yep
0: any other prospects on the dodgers interest you they've got a couple names i recognize jeter downs will smith that's the catcher
1: and then mitch wife
0: any of those guys or anybody else you want to talk about here before we move on
1: no not really nobody specifically no
0: I don't think they have too many of those guys that have me overly excited yet. I did, think I did pick up Josiah Gray today and I saw he's moved up rankings over the course of the last week but and he's pitched well, but I honestly don't know too much about him but I know they did, sure. uh,
1: they did draft their their first round pick this year the kid went to high school about 15 minutes from me so that's pretty cool but had you heard of him before not, he was drafted? Not that anyone else cares. No, no, no. I hadn't. I hadn't heard of him. Actually, my friend clued me in on it. He just told me it's Cody Hosey. He went in the. He'll be like a sub draft guy next year. He he went in the. I think mid to late first round. I can't remember where they picked, but. I've uh, listened yeah. to a He's couple de- prospects. prospects.
0: I've listened to a couple prospect podcasts this week, and I do remember hearing that name. Somebody was yeah. talking about him. And sometimes I tune that stuff out and don't pay too much attention once I realize it's a first-year guy. I don't
1: get too
0: yeah, attentive yeah. on that stuff yeah. yet. Yeah, you don't
1: have to think about it yet. Yeah. Moving
0: on to the Rockies, the team that I am at the point where I just can't stand this organization. With prospect hitters, it seems like they can't get out of their own way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't do anything but laugh. It's we uh, it's like a constant joke with us. I know some of the some of the listeners know, but yeah, just it's comical.
0: My most used meme on Baseball 365 right now, and I think I've said this before, is that picture of a cartoon character and right over his head is the word the Rockies. And it's basically saying or common sense, common sense and then the little person is being explained as the Rockies, and everything's over their head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, gee. Uh, so, anyway, um, Nolan Arenado, he's still awesome. 18 home runs, at 330 batting average, 60 home runs in 72 games played whenever I started these notes. For three years in a row, he had 130 or more RBI, and last year that fell to 110, but... It looks like he's at least on his pace on pace to getting back to 130 plus. Man, that guy's awesome.
1: Yeah. I think he is the most, at least for me, the most consistently great star in the league besides Mike Trout. I was thinking about this and it's just every single year he does it. Every year yeah. it's the same thing. It And it's not, there's not wide variations in his numbers. You know, he's not, I mean, he doesn't run, so that's out of it. But everything else, it's just consistent every year. It's like, you know, exactly what you're getting and it's elite, elite, elite production. So
0: nobody has drafted
1: Nolan Arenado in the last five
0: years or so in the first round of a draft and they've lost their league because of him. Yeah. Right. I don't
1: know if you can say that about anybody else. Some of these other guys, they pop up to like two, you know, or three overall behind Trout, which Arenado may never do because he doesn't run, but he is just so solid in that early to middle part of the first round because he is, it's just, it's every single season. There's no, there's never been, it's like the net, whenever he doesn't do it, that'll be the first time. It's just.
0: Yeah, it's almost like we were talking that 110 season. That was his down season last year. If you drafted him the first round, you only got 38 home runs and 110 RBI. (laughs) (laughs) That's, other than that, the previous three seasons, 130 RBI. Yeah. Somewhere between 37 and 42 home runs. Yeah. Just stupid. Okay. Well. We'll move on. I don't think we have much to add on with Aaron So we can move to Trevor story who injured his thumb and now he's on the injured list and it looks like he's going to be out a month or more. And that's, that sucks for
1: owners. I think it's the same injury he had two years ago, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I don't know if it's the same thumb for sure, but um, yeah, I know he had a thumb injury. So yeah, it sucks. Definitely sucks uh, on his way to having another awesome season, I mean, when you look
0: at what he had done, it almost looked like he was right on his pace to r- just be exactly what he was last year. And yeah, last year was awesome. I didn't have any shares, but I really wanted to get him in leagues. I took him in a mock before the season, but I don't have any shares. Uh, that's a bummer for their owners, but this also means Brendan Rodgers is back up to play short shortstop. Well, at least Part time until they decide to platoon him with Pat Veleika. <laughs> <laughs> but he struggled in his first stint in the bigs that ended a week ago, and they sent him down. Do we have any optimism on Rogers here, really, at, in terms of how he's going to perform, if he's going to get playing time? Where are you
1: at? Th- where are you at with him? I I feel like. If he gets consistent playing time, he'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say I expect him to completely blow the doors down, but the 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 question with them is just always, is he going to get the consistent playing time? And I feel like even with story out, I don't know if I trust it to happen. I, I need to see it first.
0: I think he's going to have a chance, but I honestly don't think he's going to perform well enough soon enough for them to, keep playing him he's still not doing much in this last week since coming up but then again they don't have many other options unless like somebody joked on baseball 365 they decide to put Ian Desmond back at shortstop <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> the, the Rockies probably would do that
0: <laughs> Jimmy Rollins what are, what are you doing these days do you want to yeah. come play shortstop for us oh. yeah okay We've both talked up Dahl a lot this year, and how are you feeling about his performance overall
1: so far? Well, he's healthy. So, I mean, that's um, that's the most important thing with him. Uh, I'm a little surprised that the power and speed isn't quite what you would have hoped. Um, it's definitely been a little lacking. I feel like it'll pick up. He hit a homer today, or was he yesterday or today? I think it was today. So yeah, I I think that'll tick up a little bit. But he's hitting and he's healthy, so it's it's kind of hard to complain about Dahl's season when you consider those two things. Yeah, it's weird. I think. What do we go predict? Like thirty-five home runs, twenty steals, if he stayed
0: healthy under the full season. It's, those aren't probably yeah, he's happening.
1: Not, he's not going to get the steals for sure, but. He's
0: hitting for a very high average playing in Colorado, and it's, it does seem like he's hit for more power over the course of the last few weeks. So hopefully, that's a sign of things to come.
1: I think his end of season line is going to be good, though. I mean, the average is is high. It's it's not a lot of guys that give you a three fifteen batting average these days. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's hard for me to complain about it. He's out there. He's hitting. He's in a good lineup. Yeah. Let's say he plays 140,
0: 150 games this season. How many home runs and steals do you think he'll have at this point? He's got seven home runs and two steals now. He's We're nearing eight. the halfway point. Yeah,
1: He hit his eighth today. Oh, yes. Uh, I thinking. think he'll hit 20 to 25. Yeah, I was, I was thinking 22. I think it's going to tick up. Yeah, I think it's going to tick up over the second half. And like high, high single-digit steals within the lead average. I think the average is going to stick pretty high, 300-plus. If he does that, he might be a buy right now, or
0: at least somebody yeah. to check in on.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, Yeah, I'm still a fan. Okay. Well, so
0: moving on to three of their veterans, Charlie Blackman, Daniel Murphy, and Ian Desmond. I think they all started pretty slow this year, and all three seem to be firing on all cylinders right now. Are you? Would you be feeling better or worse about one of these guys compared to the under other two? Are you? Other? How do you feel about these guys? Is there one that you like more than the others? Well, Blackman easily the most. Okay. Well, yeah. I, sh- I should rephrase the question compared to what you're feeling like a month or two ago. All right, like I I'm mean, not-
1: Desmond's Desmond's hot, but yeah, I don't. Know if I expect that to continue, but he's having a better season than I expected for sure. Me too. In May, it looked like, and I think we were saying, why are they
0: still playing this guy every day? And I think he's quieted that at least. Yeah. And then we got Daniel Murphy, who started slow. Well, that was a guy I think we both said we could see easily winning the National League batting table. And he's at 263 so far, but really. A two eighty three Babbitt playing in Colorado—that's not something you would expect, as compared to David Dahl, who I was just looking at, who's got a four eleven batting average on balls in play.
1: Yeah, he's he's hitting three thirty eight in June, so I think his average is just going to keep rising. I still like Murphy. That's not not quite. Not quite what I did before the year. Uh, not quite as much as I did before the year, I guess. That's kind of like how it was in Chicago
0: last year, though. Didn't he start slow, and, then, and by the end of the year, he had worked that batting average up to where it was 299 at the end of the season, wasn't it?
1: I don't know what he ended with, so I can't say for sure. But I always trust Murphy to hit for average. I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to hit for average. Yeah. I'm if, he, if, he isn't, if he isn't, then it's just a short-term thing. It's going to fix itself just sometimes over a short term, you know, they're not going to hit four, so. Okay, last
0: question here. Lots of offensive questions, but that's because I really don't want to get over and talk about the pitching much, but who is the Rockies' starting second baseman for the majority of 2020? And if you say Troy Tulewitzki, I'm canceling the show right now.
1: (laughs) Uh, I will say Brendan Rogers.
0: Okay. So you think he's getting more starts than McMahon at second. Do you think McMahon is
1: their first baseman or do you think it, that's still,
0: I think I don't that's know. probably still the
1: there. Yeah. I don't know who's going to be there next year. So it's tough to say. Desmond. I, w- I was more thinking between Rogers and Hampson. Yeah.
0: Yeah, wasn't Hampson just called back up? Didn't you say that today?
1: Yeah, he got called up today. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, play two <laughs> gets gets to play two games a week again. Yeah. He'll, he'll start. Get, oh, you know what? He actually started today and stole the base. I just looked. Really? Yeah, that's two, great. He'll get a two pitch it, hit tomorrow. start started in center. Yep. Yeah, he'll pinch
0: it. Pinch it for or the next not three days?
1: Yeah, not play for a few days. Yeah. All
0: right, we do. Got to talk about the pitching a little bit. It's been a mess this year after a few breakouts last year. Herman Marquez, he's got a 4 5 ERA. Kyle Freeland, he was in the Cy Young race last year and now he's in triple A. John Gray's actually been decent. His ERA sitting in the low fours. Andrew, rest of the season, Marquez or John Gray? Which would you rather have? Marquez. I agree. I think. I just after last year, I think I feel more confident in him.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's been rough the last few weeks. He was um, he was good this. He had a good start this past week, and um, he's he's just been a little unlucky. I I think he's gonna correct a little bit. I mean, it's still cores, and it's you know. It won't be uh, perfect by any means. But, yeah, I I think he's better than what his numbers show right now.
0: I really like Marquez and Gray as pitchers. I legit feel both could be aces if they were in a neutral park or even in uh, just about anywhere else I'd feel that way. But Colorado, they destroy even the best pitchers. I'm not sure
1: I would Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, I'm not quite as much on Gray. I, I don't like Gray quite as much, but Marquez, I, I agree with you. If Marquez was not on the Rockies and on just a neutral park type team, yeah, I feel like he'd be an ace, probably. Yeah. Or, or very close, yeah. And he's still pretty good, even with cores, but it just drags you down, as it would anyone. I'm not sure
0: I would ever want to pay any sort of price for a Rockies pitcher in a draft or a trade. I mean, Marquez's price was up there this year. Freeland's was... I think that one was discounted, but I just... I don't want to ever buy one of those
1: guys unless they're bottom
0: cheap, and this is why. It just... Yeah. They have such... Their odds against
1: them are stacked
0: so horribly.
1: Yep. No, I'm with you. I... The numbers can say whatever they want the peripherals can say whatever they want but some of that stuff it's still cores you know it's just and it's hard to beat i mean it doesn't mean it's impossible but it's it's tough to beat cores. it really over over the long haul you know there's going to be short stretches where guys are on fire there or guys might you know they may throw a shutout there or something like that but over the long haul, it's it's really hard to deal with when you have to pitch there half your starts. It's tough. Father time always catches up with every major league
0: player, and cores will always get every major league yeah. pitcher.
1: Yep. <laughs> those are the two guarantees in baseball. Yeah, unless it's unless it's Justin Verlander, he'd be all right, I think. Nah, yeah, <laughs> he'd just strike everybody out. That's
0: what yeah. he would do. Yeah. All right, so the farm system is not too hot behind Rogers. Colton Walker's there, and he's in the top hundreds on a lot of lists. Grant Levine, he's not having a great first full season in pro ball. And Garrett Hampson's really struggled in the majors, and even his numbers in AAA aren't really that exciting. So at this point, Andrew, I want you to rank those three in terms of who, how you'd like to have them in dynasty value. Grant Levine, Colton Walker, Garrett Hampson.
1: Hampson, Walker, Levine.
0: I'm with you. I think I'd still take the chance on Hampson and that speed. Yeah. Are Are you? What What are your thoughts on Walker? Moving
1: on to him. Um, I kind of like him. I yeah. He was he was like the first one I thought of when uh, Arenado signed that deal. Just because I don't know how that's all going to work out, but. Yeah, I mean, I I think he could be all right. He could maybe be a sleeper to be their second baseman if these other guys don't work out. I don't know. I thought I I thought I had heard a little bit about that being a possibility at some point, but he's still a little ways away, and the other guys are closer. So probably not, but you never know.
0: You know, Walker's winning one now. I
1: have, I have one share of him,
0: so. I had a share a year or two ago in one of my dynasties and, you know, he's 21 now and he's still only, he's got eight home runs in 67 games. He is in double a, which is the one pitchers park that Colorado has in their farm system. But I'm surprised the power has not developed more yet with that guy. That's one thing I, I keep one waiting to see when that, when those doubles start turning into home runs and he start hitting for more power than he's shown so far.
1: Yeah, no, that's totally fair.
0: Okay, next up we're going to talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks. And looking at their 25-man roster, it's really hard for me to get a feel for who the Arizona Diamondbacks are right now. Andrew, what are your overall thoughts on this organization as a whole and where they are currently
1: at? Um, I don't really like where they're at just because I feel like the Dodgers own this division Mm. and if you're not going to own it now, you want to own it later. And I feel like if anybody's going to own it later, it's the Padres. Agreed. So I just feel like the Diamondbacks are kind of caught in between. Yep. They're Major league roster is just okay. They're minor actually, league. I actually like the way I said that. That's yeah. like, no, that's like exactly how I feel, though. You know, uh-huh. it's just, I don't feel like they're going to win it now, and I don't feel like they're going to win it later,
0: really. They don't have enough pieces to sell and stockpile real big, I don't think. Grinky's contract so obscene. And then I just don't think they have many other great pieces that are going to bring back big returns and they do have some exciting young players in rookie ball that'll all that could all come up together and maybe things will work out but yeah I would not be too excited as a Diamondbacks fan right now so Keitel Marte has 20 home runs in 74 games his first 74 games played what the hell
1: (laughs) yeah I think I said the other day um 'Cause I've been saying all year that Tommy Listella was like the most shocking player to me. Mm-hmm. But Keito Marte is catching him quick. <laughs> I can't believe this guy like what this guy's doing. It's totally nuts. I'm not saying I never thought Keito Marte could be good, but twenty home runs through half a season, it's wow. I mean, I,
0: I don't even know what to say. You know, his breakout coming up with the Mariners when he got set he was a sexy pick after his short rookie run in 2015 and then he just fell apart I think I took him I had him in Roto Masters too and I ended up trading him two or three years ago as a throw in with one of my trades he was just a like, okay sure just take him I don't really even care to own him it's just stupid what he's doing right now 309 batting average and 20 home runs that's <laughs> We yeah. aren't even. Ha- we're just now coming up on the halfway point of the season.
1: So, yeah, he's hitting, hit, hitting more uh, fly balls this year, which has helped. So, how real do you think this guy is right now? Um, it. it I mean, it's a tough question. I mean, it. Uh huh. I don't. It depends on who he's being compared to. I. Okay,
0: well, let me ask it this way, then. Pick a, pick a number here. How many home runs does he finish this season with? He's got 20 in 75 games so far. You're just taking a stab. I, this is not an easy one to stab. At. Um,
1: I will say 29.
0: So that's pretty conservative, given he's got 20 so far. And I'm not... Pfft. Yeah. Given what he's done every before 30, this
1: first yeah. half, yeah, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, somewhere in there. I'll say twenty nine. I was going to say thirty two or thirty three, just because
0: of the start he's off to. But gosh, it's so weird.
1: It, it could it, happen, though. It definitely could happen. It's so I weird mean, to think
0: he's pacing for
1: forty home runs and like eight steals right now. His steam, <laughs> his steamer projection this year was ten home runs. Jeez. It's nuts. He's already doubled that in the first half. Yeah. Which,
0: his 10 home runs was steamer over 78 games. But even then,
1: that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't notice that. But still, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, let's say if he finishes with 29 home runs like
0: you projected, where do you think this guy's going in redraft leagues next year? What kind of range are we talking about for Keitel Marte?
1: Too high for me. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably. He'll probably be one of those guys that I'm like, oh no, I don't want anything to do with that. But, um, like fourth, fifth, somewhere in there. That's exactly what I was going to say. My yeah, first, that's, like that's totally off the cuff. I mean, I have, it's really hard to predict that when you're not sitting there looking at players and it's tough, but yeah, that's, like my first instinct.
0: Okay, we'll move on to Christian Walker here. He started out going gangbusters and for Arizona in March and April. He had a three oh seven batting average and seven home runs at the end of April. And since then it hasn't been so pretty. Two twenty-six batting average, three oh two on base percentage, six home runs and forty-four games played. Do you let me ask it? about to you this way. Do you think Christian Walker is starting for the squad at this point next year?
1: No. Okay. No, I don't. Do you
0: think Kevin Cron is the guy starting for them at this point next year? He's the seems like the next option.
1: I think there's more of a chance that it's Cron, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think
1: I think, I think if I, I mean, if I had to pick, if I had to pick between the two, like a year out, yeah, I think I'd be more likely to go with Kron.
0: I think Kron may be the better player. I mean, he was absolutely destroying A. and yes, we've talked about A, the PCL, and all that stuff. But what he, he's, what he was doing down there is impressive, and he is striking out a lot in this first run. But I think I'd take my shot on Kron over Walker if I was picking who I thought was starting a year from now. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. Let's get over to the pitching and man, that Zach Greinke contract. I don't know if you remember the exact numbers on it. I went and dug it up because I couldn't remember this one too well. I remembered it was thirty plus million per, and sure enough, six years, two hundred and six million dollar deal with Arizona that he signed three years ago. So he's just now halfway through. He's going to make thirty four point four million. In two thousand twenty and two thousand twenty one. Man. They're gonna struggle to trade that contract until the final season. I or at least that's what I think. But I guess if you're the Diamondbacks, your one saving grace in this is it's twenty nineteen, he's in year four of this contract, and he's at least still pitching all right.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's uh it's really a problem yet. But that said, I mean Certainly could be. I just, when he when he falls off, if it's before the end of that deal, of course, it's going to look terrible. But, yeah, I mean, he's pitching good, so I really don't have any problems with it at this moment. He's doing the, it reminds me a lot of Jared Weaver. The velocity just keeps dropping,
0: yet he's still performing well. Yeah. And that worked for Jared Weaver for a while. And Cre- Weaver knew how to pitch, and Grinky's another one of those guys that Knows how to pitch. Now, yeah. we're going to go from that guy, and we're going to next bring up Robbie Ray. And I know this has been one of your guys at different points of the last few years. Here's my question. Is he the most frustrating, good fantasy pitcher to own in baseball?
1: Uh, for sane people, probably. For me, <laughs> no. He no, is- I just yeah i I mean i I get it i the um i I feel like I know this guy inside and out, so i i I am never surprised when he does what he does, you know, but the k's are always there so I think I remember a
0: Baltimore pitcher ten fifteen years ago walked a bunch of guys, struck out a bunch of guys, and there was a game where he had like five or six no hit innings. He had like 10 strikeouts and 9 walks during that game. And then yeah. they finally just took him out because his innings were just so high. I feel like Robbie Ray could easily go out and do that exact same line some one game. I feel like he's that type of pitcher. You just yeah. you never know with that guy.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of Ks, a lot of walks. You just get used to it after a while. But, I mean, there's three pitchers. There's three starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. With a higher K per nine, Garrett Cole, Chris Sale, Max Scherzer. So that's where the appeal is. Yep, yeah, that's why you draft yeah. him. Yeah. Because all
0: it takes is one of those years where he keeps the whip down, and all of a sudden he's an ace. Yeah. Well, the farm system, I will say, as we said, that we didn't like where they were heading. They do Their farm system is at least getting a little deeper. Again, going back to James Anderson's top 400 prospect list, the Diamondbacks have 15 players on this list right now, including five inside the top 105. So one of them was just outside the top 100. And the headliner is Christian Robinson, who is one of the J2 signees from 2017. A rookie ball kid that is not only the top prospect for the Diamondbacks, but is a top 20 to 30 prospect right now on a lot of lists. Andrew, I know you own a share, I own a share. Why don't you tell the listeners what the buzz is and why this guy's so buzzy?
1: Uh, he's just tooled up. I mean, he's he's young, he's got a lot of power, he's got speed. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's uh it's a high, high ceiling. I think I mentioned on a previous uh previous podcast. There was one point where I read it could be Eloy Jimenez with speed. So whatever you think of that, I mean, that's obviously lofty. But when that is said, I mean, it, it has to get your attention. He's off to a good start. It's only about 9, 10 games in a short season. But, yeah, he's a stud. I mean, I, I, I believe in him until it gives me reason otherwise, I guess I could say. I would say because... I feel like his ceiling is the best prospect in baseball aside from Wander Franco. So yeah, big time upside. Yeah. As long as a hit tool, as long as he's hitting,
0: he's going to be a star.
1: He'll have to work. He'll have to work on the strikeouts. I mean, he's, he's striking out pretty high rate so far, but yeah, if he gets past that, I mean, sky's the limit, you know, Here's a tougher question. Do you think he is,
0: if you're talking about rookie ball and short season, do you think he's top prospect in those leagues?
1: Close. Yeah. He's pretty close. Probably is, yeah. Would you rather have him or Marco Luciano, who we're going to talk about in a little bit? Robinson. Yeah. I'm not but sure. They're both really gap, good. Gaps closing. <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll talk about that some more here in a bit. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of other interesting names in this farm system. Alec Thomas, he's moving up ranks this year. He's had a really good season. Jazz Chisholm, he's been getting hot lately. Geraldo Perdoma, I know you, that's a guy who I've heard you talk about. Dalton Varsho, John Duplantier. Who'd you like to highlight here?
1: Yeah, I like I like some of these guys. I uh, I went and saw... Kane County, it's their low A. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw Alec Thomas and Perdomo. And um, they both looked pretty good. Thomas didn't have the greatest game. Perdomo hit a homer. So that was real cool to see. I was happy to see that. I, I've got him on a couple teams. Um, I've seen a couple Benintendi t- comps put on Alec Thomas. Which kind of caught my attention. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but he's, um, he's, he looked pretty good when I saw him. He did take one bad route to a ball in center field where it was kind of hit right at him and he darted forward and then the ball went over his head. So that was like kind of an embarrassing moment. I felt bad for him, but, um, but yeah, it was it was a fun game to go to. I like like I said, I like these guys. I like Chisholm too.
0: Yeah, Chad's Chisholm. I got a share of him now. Took him, and it's a weird season he's having. 62 games right now. He has 14 home runs and eight steals, so he's showing those tools that he's capable of. But he also has a 184 batting average with a 33% strikeout rate right now. Yeah. He's got to get that down if he can. He has huge upside, but he's got a hit right? They are. He's got he's in double a right now. And that maybe have been a little aggressive on them to get him up there already after 36 games in high, but he's interesting. Yeah, he's at least walking. So, yes, that is true. He's walking at a 13 percent clip right now this year, which is really good. That 184 batting average, even with that, his OBP is 308 and. If he can keep doing that, he'll stick. Yeah. Next up is the team that is universally known as having the best farm system in baseball, and that's the San Diego Padres. Now, A.J. Preller, he sure has made an impact on that franchise since joining them just before the 2015 season. and Some people don't remember that before that year he came in, and he used a lot of prospects to to buy some players or trade for some players to go try to win now. He traded for Justin Upton, Craig Kimbrell, and Matt Kemp for that season. But things didn't go well. So during the season, he flipped it right around and he sold all those pieces and restocked the farm system. And now here, three, four years later, they have prospects ranked around 20 to 30 in their farm system who'd be top five prospects in our and other organizations. I love that he was willing to take that chance. And I love what he's done since AJ Preller, in my opinion, he's the man.
1: Yeah. I, uh, if I was ranking GMs, he'd probably be in my top three. Yeah. He's, he's great. I actually shortly after the draft, um I was watching games one night I think it was after or it might have been before I can't remember no it was after and um I was watching games one night and they had him on for about on a Padres game they had him in the booth for about a full inning and just man I was so glad that I was listening to it it was just cool he was talking about their farm system and just talking about all their guys and uh, how they're doing, and just all kinds. Of, it was awesome to listen to. He's he's a smart guy.
0: Yeah, he knows what he's doing, and it's clear he's made so many good transactions and s- made so many good trades. And I mean, it's just stupid how deep they are right now. I yeah, mean, and they need it because they're in the same division as the Dodgers.
1: It's gonna yep. be fun to watch those oh, yeah. two teams in two years. Yep. Yeah, I think, in about, I think in about two years, it's going to start getting interesting. It, it's a little weird because the Dodgers just have so much money mm-hmm. that it's going to be really hard for the Padres. I, I, still, I still feel like as deep as they are and as much on the upswing as they are, it's going to be hard. But if anybody has the talent, it's, it's them to catch them. It's, just, it's, it's still going to be <laughs> tough. Dodgers aren't going away.
0: We're going to watch McKenzie Gore go against Walker Bueller and then Chris Paddock go against Clayton Kershaw yeah. or something like that in two years. Yeah. it will be fun. Yeah. Okay. Question one about this team. Who are you taking in a dynasty? Manny Machado or Fernando Tatis? And how close is
1: it? It's definitely close. I'm taking Tatis. I agreed on both. Tatis, but it's close. Yep. You know,
0: that guy's somebody I expected to struggle early. I, I we I remember saying that on this podcast when the season started and they announced he was make breaking with the team, but he has been really good, and we've talked about him. And I think I've mentioned that his BABIP's up there, but let me ask it this way. And again, you don't have this in front of you, but do you think he's a top 10 or top 15 first round dynasty pick right now?
1: Uh, I think he's close. I would probably say no, but I would say like top 20. I mean, I think he's right there.
0: I hate agreeing with you, but that's exactly what my answer was. Top, yeah. not not first round, but probably top twenty. Yeah. Who, I yeah, I whoever think whoever got close. him there would be pretty happy. I think that's a good spot to land him still.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's a stud, definitely. Yeah. Moving on to their outfielders. That actually,
0: let's go back to Machado. You know, there were a lot of people who were worried that he was b- going to be a like busting in front of all of us this year. Was hitting two forty. With 10 home runs as we were not or well past the third way point of the season. But now here he's gotten hot the last couple of weeks. And I think when I look today, he's all, he's got his batting average up all the way to two six two seventy eight, and he's got 16 or 17 home runs. If, if you bought him in the last month or two, good for you because he's, it looks like he's firing
1: now. Yeah. I, I tell you, I would, probably I mean like I said I don't have the n- names in front of me but I would almost have these guys back to back they would be close yeah They would be really close if I if I was on the clock right now and had to pick one in the dynasty league I would take Tatis but I it's not by much mm. I still believe in Manny I don't I this whole like oh he's struggling thing I I'm never really been too worried about him I, the the biggest difference to me is one of the, these two is twenty, and one of them's twenty-six. That's really the only difference. I mean, I'm going to side with with Tatis because I believe in him, but yeah, I, I think Manny's fine, and he's a great pick in the fifteen to twenty-five range. Agreed.
0: Well, moving on to the outfielders, and the Padres have a glut of them on the major league roster right now. Will Myers. Fran Mill Reyes, Hunter Renfro, Josh Naylor, and Manny Margot all on the Major League roster. And that's not even counting the lefty bat who's injured right now. I can't for Cordero, Franchi. So rumor has it Renfro is on the block. And they need to get one of these guys to another squad, don't they, Andrew?
1: Yeah, you would think. I would Man, I I feel like I would, if I was them, I'd be moving Renfro. Yeah. He's playing so good. It just seems like it just, with a guy like that, and I'm not saying that it can't continue, but when you have a log jam and you have a guy that is, I think most of us could agree he's overperforming, what you would have expected, you know, it's, I have no problem with them moving on from him. I don't know if they will, but when there's somebody to move and you can get somebody for him, yeah, why not? Yeah, agreed. He is the one on this list to move. Uh, I've
0: heard rumors that they may even send Manny Margot back down to the minors, or at least they were talking about doing that when Franchi came back, but I think Franchi got hurt again. So maybe that. Died off, but Renfro does seem like the right one to move. I'm not a big guy fan of him because he doesn't walk. I've just never been big on power hitting guys. Really, anybody that doesn't walk, but a power hitting bopper who doesn't walk really makes me nervous. But yeah, I'd be moving him too because could Mill Reyes come out and do exactly
1: what Hunter Renfro has done? Yes, yeah, he could. He's, I feel he's like capable of it. Defensively, those two in the same outfield, it's just bad you know I tell you what Manny Margot is terrible I don't know that guy is just awful I mean he's he just isn't developing at all like he's just so bad I mean he's not hitting he's just doing nothing I, I don't know what they need to do with that guy other than get him out of the lineup and I don't know he's just not good I think I would send him down if
0: I was the – if well, I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth. If Franchi had come back, I'd have sent him down. Then they would have had that center fielder. With this list, they need
1: another center fielder. Yeah, Josh Naylor, he, Renfro, and Reyes, Fran Mill Reyes, are not going to play. Right. That's the one thing is Margot will – he can play center field. I mean, that's – Reyes and Renfro is kind of funny, like I said, to think of them in, in the same outfield. It's just – watching friend kind of clunky clunky, you know
0: watching friend all reyes running the outfield is the most comical thing i've
1: seen i see yeah i always know
0: he's in the outfield if i'm watching a
1: padres game and i see somebody running out there just by how he runs it's so weird i feel like he needs to be a first baseman Mm -hmm. or a dh but yeah they don't have that option really because they've got hosmer and they don't have a dh but it's strange It's. That's why Josh yeah. Naylor's also out there.
0: Another yeah. guy who does not look the part for first bit or for an outfielder. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask it this way then: Of that group of outfielders, who do you want
1: the most in dynasty? What were the uh, What were the names again?
0: Fran Reyes, Hunter Renfro, Josh Naylor, Will Myers, Margot. Fran Mill. So you take Fran Mill over Will Myers then?
1: Yeah. But not by a lot. It's pretty yeah.
0: close. I'm looking up Will Myers right now.
1: I think I think Myers is a little bit safer because if one of if the bottom's going to just drop out on one of them it's probably Fran Mill. But Fran just has such difference-making power, in my opinion, Like that that just separates him enough that he would be my my guy. You know what's scary about
0: Myers looking at his page on Fangraphs right now? His strikeout rate this year. He's always been a guy who strikes out a lot. But it is 35.7% this year.
1: Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's rough.
0: That is real rough. He's been a low batting average guy because of that those strikeouts, but it's hard to overcome a thirty five percent man. And going back to Margot, I do, I still hold out hope that one of these years he's going to turn it around. I could easily see him being a Lorenzo Cain type guy eventually. I I believe he's. I like the way he hits. He's just got to get a better approach at the plate, and I think that's his problem. He's not. He's not walking enough, and he's get himself in bad situations because of it. But we'll see. Maybe I, I hope I'm hopeful of that. Maybe it's wishful thinking because I do have two dynasty shares. I don't know if I'll hold them by the t- have them by the time it happens, but I'm hold- trying to hold on as long as I can.
1: Yeah, it's tough.
0: So moving on to panic, he mo- came back up after spending a little bit of time down. He was okay. This last start, he was okay in his last couple before going down. He's now at 70 innings pitched this year after throwing, oh, about 80 last year. Where do you think he's going to finish innings pitched this year?
1: Um, He's at 70, you said?
0: 70. He threw 80 last year.
1: I think like 135, 140.
0: Yeah, I think that seems like a pretty safe number. I don't think it'll get any higher than that. He's another one that'll probably get shut down early. Yeah. Okay, um, what about the rest of their rotation that's in the majors right now? They've got some names that some people like. I know there are guys that like these guys. Joey Lucchese, which I've told you before, he's the Clayton Kershaw ro- we talked about that a couple months back. Have you seen Lucchese pitch this year and remembered that I said that he looks exactly like Kershaw? I didn't remember you saying that. No, his wrote, his delivery. I said this on a podcast before the season. I think um, it looks exactly I've like Clayton him.
1: Kershaw's. I've seen him pitch. I don't
0: think it does really, but I was hearing somebody else say that on podcast. And when I went and looked it up, I'm like, oh my gosh, it does. He <laughs> does the high hand thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll deliver.
1: I'll pay more attention now, but I, yeah, I'll try to remember to remind you. Yeah, I've definitely watched him. I just never thought that, and I may not have if I hadn't. But like I said, I I also haven't paid that close of attention to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, are you? You know, he continues being all right. He, you know, pitching. I think the Padres use him the right way in terms of they know that he struggles. Third time around through a lineup, so they don't really let him go deep in games. But because they're doing that, they're putting him in a position to succeed. I'm, again this year, he's got a three seven ERA with just under a strikeout an inning, but not a deep guy. Not, not a guy that's going to go deep into games. You you a fan of him or meh?
1: Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, I think I think he's a decent pitcher, mid rotation mm-hmm. type. Yep, agreed. Are Logan Allen,
0: Matt Stram. Matt Strom, Eric Lauer, any of those guys appeal to you?
1: Uh, Strom's okay. I think Logan Allen could be okay. Yeah. I think Logan Allen could be all right. Like, yeah. Yeah, Same thing, like kind of once he gets going, I mean, he's only had just this one start. so. But, yeah, they could be all right. Nothing super exciting, but guys that you'll use at the back of your rotation or in the right matchups.
0: It's going to be interesting to see what this rotation looks like two or three years from now because they have so many guys still on the way up. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll move over to the prospects. And again, this is the deepest farm system in baseball. I They've got guys who are they're 20, 25 deep on top 400 lists. And it starts right off with Luis Urias, who's having a heck of a year in A. But again, this is the PCL. This is supposed to have been a batting average guy who wasn't going to be a huge provider in home runs or steals. But that has not been the case since he's in AAA this year. 57 games, 17 home runs. What's going on with this guy?
1: PCL. I think he's a good hitter that won't have that type of power in the majors most likely, but... I could be surprised, I mean everyone 's hitting for power these days, so somebody was saying they thought his approach changed a bit, but
0: i 'm with you i'm it 's hard to believe it until you actually see it we'll just that that'd be a guy who I think I would be trying to sell if I had him in a dynasty right now because somebody might be seeing this and buying in that he 's made some adjustments and he 's
1: changed i feel i do i will say i I feel like with guys like this it's easy to kind of just call them a hitter that doesn't do anything else. You know, like you hear the term empty batting average or whatever, but yeah, sometimes sometimes they hit so much that they do surprise you, I will say. And, and he does have an elite hit tool. So, you know, that with the major league ball and stuff like that, I, I wouldn't be that shocked if he tapped into some power. But I don't know if I'd bet on it either. Would you rather have him in a dynasty
0: or McKenzie Gore? McKenzie Gore. Agreed. We're both taking the arm, which just shows yeah. how much we love Gore. That's so, yeah, that's dozen. Let's move into that's him. Dozen. Does anybody, is there a pitcher in the minor leagues that has the upside that's higher than McKenzie Gore?
1: Uh, I think that Forrest Whitley and Alex Reyes' pure upside is close. Forrest Whitley's closer, so generally, you know, he's pretty much been for the last six months to a year the consensus number one pitching prospect. But... I will say, and I've said it before, I think at the end of all these guys' career, you know when it's all said and done, I think Gore's the best out of all of them, because yeah. i just I just don't even see one thing that I don't like about this guy, not one, like with Whitley, there's you know the injuries cropped up, and he wasn't as good before that. And Reyes, obviously, there's all kinds of issues. But... Can we not talk about Reyes today? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Gore, it's four pitches, perfect lefty. size. Yeah, lefty, perfect size. I mean, he's 6'3", long, athletic. I mean, it's just there's really um, I-, I feel like he could be the best pitcher in baseball someday. I really do. But I mean, obviously that's no lock. But yeah, I I would take him over pretty much any pitching prospect. Probably all of them, with the exception of maybe Whitley. But it's he's right there, and the the fact he's not even in Double A yet. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. Like I've said before. Yeah, I think I'm
0: taking Whitley over him, but it's close, and I it's that's the only one, and. Both of them have insane upside. Uh, yeah,
1: Xavier... I, I really do. I, I really feel like Gore is going to just come up and be great. Like right away, ace the whole way. Like mm-hmm. I I could be crazy, but
0: I feel safe, like he's a safer bet to come up and succeed. We've talked about this before. I think you're the one that said this, and I first one I heard this from, but Whitley's so long and lanky that he could go through some Tyler Glassnell-type struggles before he finally figures it out. And Gore, we haven't really seen that anywhere yet. Uh, Xavier Edwards, this is one of your boys going into the season, and he's really showing a good approach at the plate, stealing a lot of bags. I'm hearing people say that he's just slapping at the ball. He's not even looking like he's trying to hit for power. And thinking that this guy may be more of a D Gordon type, except with a better approach. Are you holding out hope that he some power could develop, or are you kind of thinking that this is a you know zero to five home run guy who gets a bunch of skills and takes walks?
1: I tell you what, if he's D. Gordon, that's fine with me. Yeah. Like that's totally fine. I his his most appealing asset is his speed. So if he's slapping at the ball, I mean I I just don't really think that's a bad thing. If he tries to become a power hitter, I mean that could be a bad thing. I yeah, I I'm all about Xavier Edwards. I love him. I just I like they the work. I feel like it's un, a unique skill set. Tons of speed, gets on base, hits. Granted, there's no power yet. There's real there's literally none. He has not hit a professional home run yet. But He's young enough, and we know, like we've seen before. You know, guys go up, move up, and then all of a sudden they're hitting for some power. Maybe it'll never happen with him, but everything else is so good right now that yeah, it's it's good enough for me.
0: So there's so many more prospects in this system. Who are some other ones that stick out to
1: you as guys you're watching or have your eye? Uh, I've got a couple shares of Patino, who's kind of the next one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he's a good pitcher. He's, I think he's with Gore, and um, like yes. Elsinore and Higha. Yes, they are. Yeah, um, we've mentioned Logan Allen, Naylor's up in the majors. I know Ryan Weathers has caught some steam lately. He's mm-hmm. been good. Low miners. I mean a lot of these guys are low miners like Adrian Morion and Hudson Potts and Marcano, Gabriel Arias. There's several of them. Andres Munoz, he's a uh, pretty much a closer. You don't see a lot of closer prospects, but he is one.
2: Yeah, I think, that guy's I think I've my seen
1: eye. I've seen him I saw a highlight of him hitting 103 Uh in a minor league game. So he's like one of those few appealing, like relief pitcher prospects. There's just, they really don't exist, but he's maybe, maybe the only one actually off the top of my head, they drafted CJ Abrams. He's really fast and can hit. So they got a lot of guys. I mean, they're deep, and they're not bad in the majors either. It's only going to get better. This team and franchise is on the up, and it's because of Preller. Yeah, Estury Ruiz is another one that I find interesting.
0: He, has got some power. Ha- is still running like they. They've been saying that his speed, what he's showing, like he stole I think fifty-two bases last year, and he's not. They've been saying that no, this guy's more like a twenty-twenty-five stolen base guy but he's got some pop to him and he was really struggling in high eight to start the year, but I've heard that he's been really hot for the last month or two. I was hearing that talked about on a podcast that he's really been performing lately. I'd love, I I have shares of him. So he's interesting to me. I also have more Adrian Morion who continues having arm problems. I don't, I mean, he's falling down lists and that guy, on the other hand, I liked a lot going into this year and he's not performing well when he's pitching and that guy might be falling off of le Like he may not even be rosterable by the end of this year in leagues, but
1: yeah, got a lot of pick, guys on young pitchers squad. are tough. Young pitchers are tough, but man, it's going to be fun to have Gorn see Gorn paddock at the top of the rotation. I tell you that's, a, yeah. that's a fun one too.
0: That brings us to the last squad, the seller of the division, after the team that won three World Series championships in five seasons. That'd be the San Francisco Giants, all those being in the last, in the last decade. And it seems like they seem to be playing, paying for playing to win now for so long as well as not selling a few years ago when they probably should have. So, Andrew, this team isn't making the playoffs this year or next. And given they're in the same division as the Dodgers and the up-and-coming Padres, like we've been saying, it could be a while. Let me ask it this way to you. Do you think the Giants make the playoffs between now and the 24, 2024 World Series? That's a span
1: of six playoffs. If they make the playoffs, um... Man, it's that's, that's a long time. time. That is a long time.
0: That's why I picked long, because I think if I told you much shorter, you'd be saying no for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm still gonna say no. I agree. But it's that's a long time. I could I could definitely be wrong.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I feel like the Dodgers aren't going anywhere and the Padres Pretty quickly, here will be the second best team in the division, probably by next year and I mean, there's two wild card spots, but I just I don't see them getting ahead of those teams, really, but it's stranger things have happened. I wouldn't be surprised if they made the playoffs before then. yeah, things happen, but I'm with you no, so
0: you're in a lot of leagues. Do you own a single Giants position player in any of them that you're starting? Prospects don't count.
1: <laughs> I, I read this when you when you sent it over, and I was laughing. Um, <laughs> the only one I, do, I have uh, in my 20... In Rotomasters 3, it's a 20-team dynasty league, and... You're not I'm, competing. I'm not, I'm not competing, so I just, you know, I have good minors, and my majors is just kind of a work in progress. I have Joe Panic in my lineup. Wow. <laughs> but Besides, How many leagues are you in? I'm in eight or nine. I forget. Eight or nine. Well, let's just hypothetically say you
0: have... 14 roster slots for each of those. 14 times nine, nine, you're talking 126 offensive players in your lineup, and you have one slot for a Giant.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's – uh, yeah, I don't think I – I'm trying to think through their team, but I don't think I have anybody else. Mike def- Yastrzemski. Yeah, definitely, I definitely don't have any Posey or Belt or Crawford or Pilar.
0: yeah then if you're at that point
1: you don't have any
0: yeah no yeah i'm in four leagues i don't have a single share so i think my next question do you want to own any of them i already know the answer and that's no right no no not really which the sad part about that's buster posey because he was a top three catcher in the league just two i think two or three years ago he still was but he's sliding, and it reminds me a lot of Joe Maurer, for, except for at least Posey still has catcher eligibility. But it was sad to see Maurer go through the same thing. And Do you think we ever see Posey as a terrible catcher position? Do you think he ever finishes as a top 10 fantasy catcher again in his career?
1: No. No, I don't.
0: Sad, but I'm with you. He's 32 years old now. Top I didn't top
1: remember. ten, top ten catcher is e- is fairly easy to crack. So I guess he could, but no, I, I I think I would project no on that. Yeah, you can't rule it out, but he's older than
0: I thought at 32 years old. And yeah, at a catcher position, I mean.
1: He could get moved off the position sometimes too. That's the other. That's the other thing is when when that happens.
0: Okay. Well, we're not going to spend too much time talking about these guys then. But Brandon Belt, he's he's an okay but not great left-handed hitter, and I do kind of wonder and wish he had come up through another organization because left-handed hitters sure face uphill battles with that right field wall there in San Francisco. How good do you think this guy would have been if he was in another organization?
1: I don't know. I've I've never really been a Belt guy. I I've always kind of just laughed when he's been on these hot streaks and you know, people will comment like Belt, you know, that it's been a couple years now, but it's just I've never really I've never really liked him. He just not enough power for me. At a position that you have to have it—that really is all—all all it is.
0: But I think he was
1: still putting the ball in the air quite a bit. It, but it, it, I think that he's San never, Francisco hurt him. He's never hit twenty home runs. I mean, it's just—that's just bad. When you're a first baseman, it's—it's it's bad. Yeah. If One he ball. if he played in cores, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's But.
0: Home run to fly ball rates 10, 14, 9, 13 the last four years. I think San Francisco suppressed him pretty hard. I think he might have been able to hit 30 if he was on a different organization. At some point, if he had 30, if he was somewhere and healthy. Maybe I'm wrong, but I do wonder. But either way, he's not. He's gone up through San Francisco his whole career, and he's not been really worth owning most years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll move on to pitching. Last year Madison Bumgarner, he pitched to a 3.26 ERA, but we talked about this before the season that his xFIP showed that he had some bad luck or he had some luck on his side and his ERA should have been closer to if not above 4. And this year it seems like that number is normalized. He's out of 4.28 ERA and that matches an xFIP that's at 4.14. He's a free agent after this year, Andrew and Take a guess if you don't – who do you think he's pitching for for the second half of this year? What team?
1: You know, I I read this when you sent it, and I was thinking – I think a lot of people have said the Yankees. I'm going to throw this one out just for fun. Philly. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Especially yeah, they're I think trying to win now. Philly. Philly's trying to win, um, and I I think he'd be a good fit. So yeah, I mean, like they haven't they haven't gotten the years that they were hoping for out of Nola Pavetta. I mean, they're just you know, I think Baumgarner could help them. So I'll say them, but it's a guess. My guess. I came up
0: with the Brewers. They've done this twice before with Sabathia and Grinky.
1: And don't, don't say that.
0: I could see them doing it, though. They need a pitcher, and I, that'd be a big get for them. And I don't think he'd co- I don't know if he's going to end up costing much just because nobody really wants to pay the premium price for rentals anymore, and he's not pitching that great. But I yeah. can see that one. Okay. Yeah, I could see it. Are you a believer in Tyler Beattie long term? No, not really. He's not one of your guys. No. Okay. Not. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I've hear people that are fans of him and then he but he has been pretty brutal when he's been with the Giants. So Yeah, okay. Just, just a guy. Moving. Moving on to prospects, Andrew, who would you rather have in a dynasty format right now? Luciano, who's your guy, Helio Ramos,
1: Joey Bart.
0: How, rank those three.
1: Uh, probably the order you said it. Definitely Luciano one, probably
0: Ramos two, Bart three. And I know Luciano's your guy and you, ta- you talked to him about me and I ended up getting him in my startup dynasty and Man, he's been impressive so far this week. I that replay was showed of his home run in rookie ball, and when he made contact, my comment that I made was God, on that home run he hit just a night or two ago. That sounded like thunder. That was a loud explosion off that bat. That impressed me.
1: Yeah, he's a stud, man. I'm so pumped. Like I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm all in on him. I've got him in all four leagues and. Yeah, it's just you got to get these guys like to have the high ceiling that he has. You have to get them at the level that he's at because once they get to like low A and high A, they're all scooped up, you know. Mm -hmm. And and their
0: cost is expensive.
1: Yeah, and I mean, granted, you can always like some people would rather see it for a little bit and then trade for them and stuff. That's fine too. I mean, it's all fluid because you can make moves it's not like you just hold these players forever but yeah I just I always kind of thought my thought the whole time with him is he's got a lot of helium coming over he's gonna have a lot of helium once he starts you know till up till he debuts it's just gonna kind of hold and then build a little bit and now he's killing it granted it's only been a few games but he's off to a really good start and it any of that is just adding more and more to it. I mean, that the ceiling for him is all the way to the top. You know, it's just a matter of if he gets there. But there's a lot of people that buy into ceilings. So that's a lot of the reason that I'm high on him too. So something
0: I hadn't told you yet when I was thinking about that offer for Gallo is I, – oh, I think I did tell you this this afternoon, but I was – Thinking about um Marco Luciano or Julio Rodriguez, who do I ask for? And I decided to put ask for Julio between Julio Rodriguez and Luciano. Who would you rather? Who Who do you value more? Did you value more on your roster, or
1: was it about uh, cl- close? Probably Rodriguez a little more, um, but only because. He's at low A, probably not far from high A. So he's just Mm -hmm. a little farther along and has comparable upside. I also have Luciano in every league, and that's the only league that I have or had Rodriguez in. So I, I kind of believe with those guys a little bit in spreading it out. So I wouldn't have necessarily minded if. You know, having I'd still would have had him in three leagues. You know, if I mm-hmm. traded him. So, I mean, it, that's kind of plays into it too a little bit. But yeah, it's not a huge difference. That uh, that was my logic for Julio. That was exactly it. Both having immense
0: upside, and I thought I'd just take the guy that's a step above, a step or two above him. And I thought I'd talk about Helio Ramos a bit here. He caught fire in rookie ball two years ago, and he struggled badly in low a last year and despite that he was actually promoted to high a this year and many felt like that was aggressive given how bad he was last year but it's paid off and he's hitting for power and getting on base at a much better clip this year he's hitting 285 with a 340 or a 376 on base percentage walking 11 percent of the time with eight home runs and two steals in 40 games and the comp that I get on, I keep, I've heard on about him in podcasts is this guy seems like he's a lot like Yohannes Suspetis, and he went from before the year being outside of the top hundred in, in lists or right there near the bottom. And he's creeping up back into the thirties and forties on lists. Now, what are your thoughts on Ramos?
1: He's been a beast this year, man. Yeah. He's played, he's played good. Yeah, anybody who was patient with him through last season is getting rewarded for sure. He's been awesome. I traded for him in Rotomasters, too,
0: last year, and I felt foolish because I, I, after that trade, thinking, man, I picked the wrong guy to go get. Because you see that in rookie ball two years ago, he had that great season, but he was still striking out 32% of the time. I'm like, should have been more worried. And then seeing has struggles last year. But, man, he's turned a corner. He has, like you said, been a beast. This yeah. guy. Between Luciano and Ramos, they at least have some pieces to get excited about after not having any there for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do. The, the only thing, though, with – and they do, for sure. I agree with you because, you know, how I feel about Luciano and Ramos has been really good. I just – they're still a ways away, though. You yep. know? It's like they're not – as much as whatever we say about them. I mean, Luciano's probably like what 3 years away at best. Yes. I mean, like if he I mean, he has the the pedigree and stuff to get to where he debuts at 20 or something that wouldn't shock me, but I also wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable predicting it. So then you're looking at 4 Mm-hmm. and Ramos is, you know, maybe two to three, maybe, you know, could be even more. So they're they're not necessarily really close either. Yeah, as as good as they are. Yeah, Ramos,
0: I would think, if I was projecting him right now, I would say two years from now, given he's in high A, and he might finish the year in double A. But it's, yeah, they're still a bit of ways away, and they're only two guys. Yeah, yeah. That's the other part. You know, they also, I also picked up Alexandro, Alexander Canaria, who's 19 and he's in rookie ball, but he's another one of those upside prospects who's still a bit of ways away. Last year he had like six home runs and eight steals and 45 games played. And this year he is playing a couple, played a couple games already, hit a home run, but he's also a 19 year old in rookie ball. That's not something you see too often with these guys playing, being held back to play again. I, kind of wonder if they just wanted to keep Ramos, him and Luciano, they kind of or not him and Luciano and
1: back there together.
0: And well, I don't know. That was kind of odd that they kept him yeah, back.
1: Yeah. I don't really uh I don't really know why they've had him they've had him at the same spot for 3 straight years. Canario. Yeah. I don't weird. I don't know why I don't know why they're not uh advancing him a little more aggressively.
0: Any other prospects you want to talk about as we're rounding up here on the Giants?
1: Um, I mean, Bart obviously probably deserves a mention. Just one of the better catching prospects, and he's at high A. High A, yeah. Not been he's not doing great this year. He's doing all right. Yeah, he was hurt for a little bit, and yeah, he's has been great. Catching prospects are weird, like I said before. Other guy I just want to mention briefly is. Luis Toribio. Yeah. This is totally my dude like and it's only just because I feel like when I was originally reading stuff on him, I had never heard of him and no one was really talking about him. I BA gave him there was a line in the in the prospect handbook that I read and it was something to the tune of, I don't, I'm not quoting it exactly, but Ra- they mentioned Raphael Devers Ooh. in like the same sentence. And like when I read that, when you read that and it's a guy that you've never heard of and no one is talking about, you're all over it. And I was just like, yep, that's good enough for me. And I got him in all four of my, my dynasties. So he's just another guy that I, and he's off to a good start, too. He's on Luciano's team. It's Canario, Luciano, and Tribio. They've been hitting at the top of that lineup. It's a fun team. I wish I was out there. I'd love to go to one of those games. It'd be so cool. I think those fields are, like, totally trash from what, yes. I, from what I can see on the, like, grainy videos and stuff. You can but, pretty much walk down and watch the game on the field if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be. I, I think that'd be such a blast, like just to go to just to go to one of them, you know, just see what it's like. But but yeah. So, yeah. Some of these guys are interesting. They're just they're, a lot of their guys are far away, you know. So, yeah.
0: So you're a Luis Toribio hipster. You like yeah. before it was cool. Yeah. That's what you'll be saying. You know you'll it. you'll hate him in two years because everybody likes him. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> I liked him before. No, everybody else did. Now everybody yeah. likes him, and he sucks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew. I think that settles that. That closes out the National League. We're halfway through this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh... Halfway down now, we just got to go through the AL. So yeah, it'll be fun. We're going to talk about the
0: AL least next week, which means, uh oh, get ready, guys. Vlad Junior talk is coming.
1: Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah.
0: We'll save all that for the next episode, though. Do you got anything you want to close out with before we get out of here?
1: Nope, I'm uh, I'm good. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all. Take care, everybody. Take care, guys.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 Podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.